Oh, nice. You want to do the intro? So, we are the Breath Mint Podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you for listening. Uh, my name is Bucci. I'm Will. I'm Jonathan. Yeah, and like I said, we appreciate you listening. So, let's just start it off. Let's get into uh, who we are and, and what this podcast is about. Because if you're listening, you're probably wondering, why am I spending my time doing this? So uh, let's talk a little bit about ourselves. Let's introduce ourselves. So, John, you want to get started? Yeah, I'll get started. So my name is Jonathan Code. The whole government is right there. Um, I'm from Long Island, Massapequa, New York. Went to Annville School District. Uh, no one knows where Massapequa is. <laughs> Massapequa <laughs> is in New York. <laughs> it's in Long Island. Okay. <laughs> We gangsta out there. Nah, not really. But, um, yeah. And uh, I'm a music producer. Um, veteran. In what, uh, though? U.S. Army veteran. Okay. Yeah, good job. And and now I do hard labor working Dang. for the man. You're, you're a slave? Uh, not a slave, but it feels I, like that sometimes. Yeah, I do hard fields. work. <laughs> I, make, I lift inflatables and I set up parties for Jewish people <laughs> <laughs> they have bar mitzvahs you know and bat mitzvahs you could have said that instead of <laughs> they're Jewish alright people don't think this is a racist podcast <laughs> no, to start it's off not, it's a Jewish party it's called bar mitzvah and bat mitzvah bat we mitzvah, set up actually yeah bat, bat, is, bat mitzvah bat is the girl bars I mean yeah bat is girl bar really? is guy I knew that or, so guys have bars bar yeah bars. bar, bar <laughs> <laughs> Barbers for this guy Yeah So right. I do that um, Yeah that's me I like to have fun I like to party You're a fun guy Like Hawaii This is a Tinder profile guys <laughs> <laughs> I like women you know? Oh god that, that, that was a question <laughs> That was a question <laughs> He questioned himself I like women Yes um, Are that's you sure? Me. Yeah Alright uh, Will you wanna go next? <laughs> sure um, So obviously My name is Will uh, from JP Mass. Uh, for those who don't know, unlike Jonathan over here, everybody. <laughs> it's like about a five minute drive from the inner city of Boston. Uh, I do modeling here and there, do a little something, something out there. Pretty boy. Goddamn right I am. You goddamn right. Oh, you own up to it now. Oh, okay. I, I goddamn right I do. Except <laughs> in that gym all damn day. Own up to it, right? Word. Um, I like long walks in the park, you know what I mean? <laughs> On the beat strolling. Like taking steroids. Steroids is not a thing that I do. (laughs) Especially not right now. (laughs) No, we don't need no worry raging. I'll beat you. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I'd be chilling a lot mostly. I have my my one-year-old. Great child named London. London's adorable, man. currently in school for my master's degree right now. In Bucci. All right. Sorry, let me get my life together. (laughs) All right, my name is Bucci. Uh, I was born in Nigeria. I grew up in the Bronx, New York. Uh, I don't do anything that creative, but I mess with music production a little bit on the side. There you go. Uh, For my full-time job, I work in corporate finance. Uh, I have my MBA, so I kind of went the the traditional, traditional. Ladies, he's single. (laughs) (laughs) And ready to mingle. (laughs) I went the traditional school route, so I'm, I'm your typical... Nerdy guy who uh, who loves to turn up to. <laughs> He's your new day and age fresh Pinto Bel Air. Yep. I'm I'm Carlton. I'm Carlton though. <laughs> I'm Carlton Banks. No, he's Braxton I'm, P. Hartnerberg. I'm Braxton P. Hartnerberg from the Jamie Foxx show. His I'm, producer name is Brax P. Yes, I, 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 didn't really, I never I never caught the connection of that actually. Yeah. All right, so. Now we introduce ourselves. Uh, let's talk a little bit about what this podcast is, is going to be about. So the name of the podcast is the Breathman Podcast. So why do we call it that? We call it that because we all come from different walks of life and we have fresh perspectives on different aspects of life because we all lived. You say life one more time. Life. We had different experiences in life. Experiences. Come on. Son. We got fresh takes. We were young. Millennials, you know, we and were black, and we're black, attractive black men, by the way. Yes, right. <laughs> yeah, we'll 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 have we'll have our Instagram pages so you can we can see us. Right. We don't catfish out here. We slide in a DM. 
whatnot. Um, yeah, so basically, I think I think I agree. I think this this podcast is about having uh, a, a fresh take. Um, so if if any of y'all seen the movie The Wood, um, there's a there's a scene or a couple of scenes where there you know there's a group of friends. I think it's three friends. Uh, you know, they're all they're all living like that young black man's sort of high school fantasy or whatever. You know, you're. You're out there, you're hanging out with your friends, you're going to school dances, and of course you got to be fresh, right? So you're always looking for a piece of gum, whatever it is. So I think it, it was partly about having a fresh take, but it was also partly about, about our friendships, right? So how do we become friends in the first place? Um, John, let's talk about how yeah. you you and I uh, became friends. All right, so, when we, all right, so we start that. Um, there's a wonderful place called Maury's Camp, Project Maury now. Um <laughs> What are you laughing at? That place gave us a lot. <laughs> Good. But yeah, so uh, when we was kids, uh, our parents sent us to this camp. Um, and that's where me and Bucci met. <laughs> great, great story. <laughs> can I, can I, I'm, I'm about to give more detail if you're going to let me. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, but Bucci went there first. You, you started off as a freshman. I didn't get there as a sophomore. So you can start off as a freshman or sophomore. It's around the age of like, was it like 9, 10? Mm-hmm. Around nine ten. So when I I came in, I was the new new kid in the group, and uh, I guess I kind of no homo gravitated. We and Bucci <laughs> became friends. We had similarities, but it wasn't like hardcore friends. Like we was cool. You know, I was cool with a lot of the kids in the group. There's some kids I wasn't cool with, but Bucci's one of the cool guys. So um, yeah. Throughout the the camp years, we was cool, but it didn't start really solidifying until like around PG. Or post grad year, that's when we were more teenagers at that camp. And then once we were done with the program, which is like a was it a seven year program? For yeah. So it was uh four years of undergrad from age nine to age uh thirteen mm-hmm. and yeah. then three more years of the post grad program. So yes. we all finished when we were like seventeen. That's exactly. Yeah. Once we uh finished, that's when our friendship became more solidified when we actually got the our first year as a counselor. That's when we was pretty. We started getting pretty tight around then. Our first year at counselors, that was a very fun year. So, what'd you do as a counselor? Me, I was a kid specialist. Remember, I was that first year. I was a kid specialist. <laughs> Define that, please. I, I'm, can Can I finish? You gotta let me finish, okay? I'm gonna let you finish. I'm, yeah, exactly. You don't want to put kid specialist is the person that walks around with the kids twenty four seven. We we do all the activities with them. You know, we make sure they get in bed. We make sure they wake up in the morning. Kind of keep them on track throughout the day. The first year, I was a kid specialist. But then you did the music thing the, too. Yeah. Then the second year, I came back to camp. I was a kid specialist, but also, but my main thing was activity specialist and with their music studio. So, yeah. And then, but we're talking about us being friends. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I mean, the reason why I wanted to bring up the music studio is because. Camp was the place that I learned to, you know, have a passion for music. Mm. Uh, I never had any music training or anything like that. But, you know, when I was at camp, we had the opportunity to just play around with instruments. So I can beat on some drums. I can, like, play a piano, pick up a cymbal or whatever it was. And then when when we got a little bit older, um, we got to tinker around with the studio. We got to make beats. Mm -hmm. So I don't know about you, but it was the first time that I had the opportunity to make beats and that's that's a connection that you and yeah, me have because that's right, that's right, you know true. we we follow the same sort of producers and musicians over the years um and and you know from what i know music has been the strongest thing that connected us and solidified our friendship over the years yeah yeah and it first started because i was into it even like from the whole time i was in the camp and i know you had a fascination with it especially when i used to play the drums and stuff like that for that camp talent show, you remember that? Mm-hmm. Played the drums. <clears throat> yeah, but like I said, yeah, after the, those councils, yeah, our friendship started getting more, and we started hanging out outside of camp, going out. You showed me pretty much, you made me fell in love with the city, pretty much, because when I first started going to the city, I didn't know what the hell was going on. Yep. And then you told me all the spots, yep. all the fucking clubs and shit, and from then it's like, I, I, I still want to move out of Long Island. I hate Long Island. I want to go to the city. What's What's wrong with Long Island? For those who don't know much no. about Long Island, everything. Well, 
<laughs> I would say I was always gonna say everything. I mean, Long Island is cool, but Long Island is is a little slow for me. Um, it's 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 more to do in the city. Long Island is hard to find stuff to. You got to drive everywhere. Um, if you don't have a car, it sucks for you. Um, especially if you're in uh, so like the Nassau County, Suffolk County, Nassau County. As as you get closer to the city. There's more public transportation, so Nassau County isn't too bad, mm-hmm. but Suffolk County is deep, deeper, out east, I guess east. Um, less public transportation, everything's a little further out, and it's real slow. Like stuff closes early and sh- and stuff like that. So like, it's just slow for me out there. That's the thing. Long Island's cool. I feel like you could, I could, I could probably rotate back to Long Island in my my fifties, mm-hmm. and I enjoy it out there. And then specifically, as a black man in Long Island, what's your experience like there? Where in my specific town, this is funny. So my specific town, Massapequa, is actually very weirdly split. Um, on my end of town, it's black and Spanish. All the way, it's for people. I mean, people don't know. So like, for where I'm at, um, and there's a road called Carmen's Road that goes bleeds into Sunrise Highway. And pretty much, if you're standing on that road and you look to your left, this motherfucker being ways out here. Well, <laughs> <laughs> on my side, all the way through through Sunrise and where Massapequa is, is all black and Spanish people. It sounds but if you cross that road, it's all white people. And also, oh, there's every, like a road that divides the yeah, black and Hispanic people from the yeah. white people. I don't know if it's intentional, but that's pretty much what it is. Because, of course, it's all white. And then our side, we all go to Anvil School District, which is like almost 90%, you know, minorities. Mm-hmm. If you go on the other side of that, they go to Massapequa, which is almost 90% Caucasian. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. So, but like, I didn't experience um, too much racism or anything just because I grew up around black and Spanish people. Okay. I didn't experience the racism and anything like that too much. Um but, you know, from what I heard, the Massapequa High School or, Mass- or that school district wasn't any much better just because it was, you know, white people. They actually had a big drug problem mm. in their school, which we didn't have. We had a lot of gangs and fighting. Um, but you didn't, they had, you didn't mess with the heroin. Yeah, they had heroin and opioids and stuff like that. They had that kind of problem. That's just, I think that's, you, you could say it's hard dealing with gangs and stuff like that, but that's, the drug thing is totally different because, like, I don't know. I feel like it's hard to recover from. I had no idea. But so then you you know, you grew up in Massapequa, you went to camp mm-hmm. and then for college you went to Hartford, right? Yeah. So that's where you met Mel, uh, Matt Will. So talk Mill. a little bit about how that I don't went know down. who Mill is, but I know who Will is. I'll explain that. So I met John in math class actually. Oh, and I didn't like John. Completely <laughs> 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 honest. John came out to me about some party or whatever. Asked if I was going. I obviously agreed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was going to the playing party, whatever. Uh, Shay's numbers told me about that night. So we can pregame and head out. Uh, before I could leave or even get ready for the party, John had blew, me up, blew up my phone at least six times to meet up at my <laughs> at my dorm. I don't remember that. Oh, I remember that very damn well. I was annoyed. <laughs> I was super. I was super <laughs> mad. I wasn't oh, even dressed gosh. yet. <laughs> and uh, I get to the party, whatever. Met John. And at first I said I was, stay, I was a little standoffish with the, with the guy, but I watched John talk to women in a different way than I when he was talking to them. Define different. For me personally, I prefer to talk to someone face-to-face first and then, you know, dance with them at some point. Uh-huh. John was on, was on some come behind <laughs> you real right quickly in the dark. <laughs> It's like grinding my dick up on your ass. Yo, I'm not a, I wasn't a creep like that, okay? Why are you making me sound like a creep? John sounds Yo. like a member of the creep squad right now. No, listen, you got to... No, no, hold on, hold on. So I, not, not, not in a creepy way, in like a very R&B-ish okay. way-ish. I say ish because it wasn't that smooth, but he was trying. You know, so still... However, he did put me onto that, so I was able to do that more often and like get my own confidence with the way I approach women. Which is why I enjoy hanging out with the guy a little bit. He brought me out of my show a little bit more. Still annoying as shit, mm-hmm. but brought me out of my show. We started chilling more often after that, like almost daily, actually, after that. Yeah. And uh, I made him realize his potential. Pretty much. All right. There was definitely yeah. a point where uh, I was talking to someone who remained nameless, where John pulled me aside and was like, you could do better than this. 
And then I uh, I remember that abruptly night walked away in that exact moment. <laughs> Wait, can you, can you just give us a little anecdote of what went down and yeah, yeah. Why, why did he want you to walk away? So uh, so I invited John over to uh, meet a few women, women friends that we met at, at a campus. And um, he wasn't impressed, to say the least. <laughs> not at all. What were you not impressed by, John? The looks. These, these, these. <laughs> He was a skinny girl with big eyes. Um, and it was a short, uh, kind of chubby girl with shark teeth. That was not me, by the way. And then there was, who was the other one? Dark skin one, right? No, uh, think, I, I won't say her name almost, but mm-hmm. you're thinking of the Italian one with long hair from Jersey. She had the big boobs. Oh, that's, is that the one that took you? No. God, no. It would nice, actually. But no, not her. Oh, okay. Yeah, now I know. Yeah, I know. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, they just were. I, you know, I was eighteen. I'm ready to, to go get it in college. You know, I see. You know, I was around the time. Um, what was the name of that show? Um, the college show was. Um, was it Jersey Shore College Hill? Like what do you? College Hill. College Hill. College Hill. Yeah. Was it? Was it? Yeah, I think wrong. I think I had seen some college, and I had that like in my head, like just yeah, pretty women in college. So like, you had an y'all had an idea of what like being in college and being like social in college was supposed to be like mm-hmm. getting A's and getting laid okay <laughs> so when I seen him with those girls I was like nah and like you know Will's a decent looking guy you know what I'm saying I'm so go- I'm gorgeous. He's, a, he's a model now so you know and back then he was just slimmer so I'm like yo you come on man you're gonna waste his potential on these women you know let's that's up the ante. So John literally pulled me aside in the same dorm room with these women and was like, you, you can do better. I look, I look around the corner at the individual. <laughs> it was so funny. Man. I look back at John. I said, you know what, my, my, my dude, you're right. Mm-hmm. And we walked over to them politely. So they didn't know what? No, have a good night. Mm-hmm. I'm, uh, we out. And uh, mm-hmm. I never looked back. <laughs> never yep. looked back. They started upgrading. Yeah. I mean, and we developed the, the mountain chart. Oh yeah! <laughs> oh, you gotta tell us about the mountain chart. I've never even heard of this. So oh. I want to know. Oh man, we always had this talk when uh, when Lloyd. Lloyd, yeah. yeah. So our boy Lloyd, who's not here, uh, me, John, Lloyd developed the mountain chart, where basically we put the best wo- looking woman, in our opinion, at the top of the mountain, who we want to talk to eventually in that in the, on the school campus was, and then uh, there were levels to it. So mm-hmm. we felt that you know. Your base level is where you're at now, mm-hmm. and you make camp wherever you're talking to somebody else. Mm-hmm. The next step up, mm-hmm. and you know, in the chart. So, without using names, I'm really trying hard not to do so. Really hard. It's very hard not to. Uh, you make a little camp, put your flag down. Cool. I'm here for a minute, and then you gotta move forward until you get to the top of the mountain. At some mm-hmm. point in time in your career. <laughs> Can I just say something? If y'all were women, I think people would call you gold diggers. But I'm just saying. But it's it's all good. Let's just continue. I mean, I'm a look digger. Like, yeah, look. Yeah, it was, it was more like look digger. You know, like we so superficial. We just, we just want the the baddest chick we could find. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I th- and that with that chart, I think we all ended up interacting with all those girls. I don't know if we, we bagged no, we did. them all. We didn't actually we end up bagging. We definitely ended up. In the same circle of friends with them, at least, at the mm-hmm. very least. Yeah. Oh, okay. So you had a mountain, but ended up in the friend zone. Yeah. Okay. No, nah, but some of those... But it was, a, but it was like a, a okay friend zone because I think we felt the confidence of actually getting to that point mm-hmm. and speaking to them. Because they were older than us, too. Mm-hmm. They're yeah. older. They're more mature. Yeah. At least from what we knew mm-hmm. that, that at that point in time. We freshmen, you know. Yeah, we were freshmen. Yeah. And they were like sophomores and juniors and stuff. Mm-hmm. And yeah, even seniors. And seniors, too. And we got to a point where we, got, we, we had the confidence to speak to them and be in that same ballpark mm-hmm. and know that we belong with them. So Yeah, and I, I think that's the experience that you guys had and as part of your college experience. You guys uh, went to college away from home, right? Like you were yep. on your own. You had to be responsible for your finances and all that stuff. Like I went to college. I'm from the Bronx. I went to college in Manhattan, and I, you know, I took the train to school just like I did in high school. I lived at home just like I did in high school. So, I didn't have the opportunity to really come out of my shell and be really social and have the confidence that that you guys did because I just felt like I was still in high school but just studying more difficult shit. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I, I get that. Yeah. Like, so like, kind of similar, similar to that. So for me, when I was in school in Boston, 
I went to a majority of white high school, mm-hmm. as we all know. Mm-hmm. Elementary school, middle school, and high school. So, which is why I, I, I say I, I gotta credit John a lot for bringing me out my shell because I was never exposed to the mass amount of black people that I was exposed to. Like, I was around it, of course, when I was home. Mm-hmm. But I was in the house doing homework or playing sports, so I wasn't really that social with everybody. Mm-hmm. So when I met John, I was able to kind of like, I lived it, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? So I was actually experiencing like just being black normally around other people as opposed to just playing sports and constantly being involved in the sport mm-hmm. and constantly having to like work hard to, to get other places. So I credit, I credit him for that a lot, actually. I don't tell him because... He's a bit of an asshole, but <laughs> come on, man. but I do credit him for that part. And then obviously meeting yourself, Bucci, down the line the same year, I credit like you, John, Lloyd, Rashawn, everyone in our group of friends for helping me like have that experience after the fact when I got older. Because I said I was always in sport. My mom had me doing sport since I was seven years old every single season. I mm. never had a season off. Wow. Damn. Well... <laughs> Well, since you mentioned uh, about how we met, I'll, I'll kind of chime in there. So, yep. uh, to set the stage, you know, you guys were already at uh, Hartford for your freshman year of college. Um, it, there was this event called Spring Fling. I didn't know what Spring Fling was because my school didn't have any of those type of events. We didn't even mm-hmm. we didn't even have a real sporting team. So, to my understanding, correct me if I'm wrong, y'all. Spring Fling was just was it a week long or just a day? It was a weekend. Oh, okay, weekend, so it was yeah. like a weekend, days, yeah, yeah weekend of events. Um, there was like a a concert T-Pain, performance. And, Travis um, Scott came. Was not, not, no, Travis Scott. Scott. What? It wasn't um, Travis. Travis. Travis Scott was like six years old then. I know. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's it tra- uh, the Travis. Uh, uh, Cupid Hero Cut. Gym class yeah, heroes. Gym class heroes. Yeah. yeah. So it was like an, an opportunity for <laughs> me Scott. to you know to come visit John in, in yep. school, and I just. I had never gone away for college, so this was my weekend to like feel like a a, a real college student. That was such a dope weekend. Yeah, and it, you know I had a lot of fun because I got to meet John's uh, John's friends, um, Will right. obviously Lloyd, um, who hopefully will be on a future uh, podcast episode. Um, but we just you know we we all went out together. That was like honestly that was one of the first times where I had a weekend to just bond with a group of guys because growing up I was never really close with that many guy friends so literally after that weekend all y'all became my boys yeah and uh and that was a dope time the funniest and so the funniest story that that I can remember from that weekend John do you remember your roommate that oh man God. was super creepy mm. oh my goodness Mercy. Like dude. in retrospect, the the guy he did not fit with you culturally. Not it was like night and day. Not, he was ga- he was a gamer, right? Yeah, he that's... was a gamer. Uh, he never showered. He never left his room. Basically, his room. it Class just room. That's your it. room smelled when I walked in, and I'm like, "What is this? What is and going on?" Not me. And you just pointed at the corner. I'm like, "Oh, okay, that's why." And it was crazy. His his area would look cleaner than mine, but it would still smell like it was dirty as hell. <laughs> I just did not understand that. So, actually, the funny thing about John's roommate is when I first went to John's room, John had told me it was the middle of the night after a party, matter of fact. Mm-hmm. And John was like, um, he set the whole thing up for me. He was like, uh, I'm going to watch this happen. I'm going to turn the light on. He's going he's gonna to squint his eyes real quick. He's going to put the cars over his head and, and roll over to the side. Almost instantly, John clicks light on, my man <laughs> squints eyes, covers over his head, and rolls to the side. <laughs> rolls to the side. Yo, listen. We, we don't got to put out, yo, this guy's name was Gilbert. I don't care. Drop a name. Gilbert. It, there's a thousand Gilberts in the world. I don't know. <laughs> there's not that many but, Gilbert. I don't know any Gilbert. <laughs> Gilbert, I'm Gilbert, Gilbert, Gilbert Arenas. Cool, I've been just Gilbert sure. Arenas. But just, just this Gilbert. This just gives you the little... <laughs> like, this is, as somebody just could never forget. I could be 80 years old and still remember my Gilbert. There's so many stories in that uh, room, though. I remember when John busted his window. <laughs> oh, shit. How did, oh, I, I kicked my slipper. I kicked my slipper into the window. I wasn't <laughs> even there for that. I think I was there for that. Uh, no, nah. I think I busted that window a couple of different occasions. You did, and they didn't charge you for every time I did it. <laughs> Yo, John also busted my window twice. Yep, I got the scar. Prove it. Still right there. So why did you bust the window? 
we was talking about women, girls, as usual. <laughs> and we was talking about whose girl situation was worse. <laughs> who's having the worst girl trouble? Mm-hmm. And then I just, I don't remember all the details of arguing, but I remember that at that point, he was like, yo, I'm having a more hard time than you. And he bangs the thing. I'm like, no, I'm having a more hard time than you. I banged the window. I banged the window. The window breaks. I guess you were having a hard time. <laughs> I was having a special hard time. Yo, I just saw white at first. I was like, oh, yeah, you when know you know cut yourself in the it was white, 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 white meat. It was white bad. Meat. I, I cut myself with white meat. Walking around, I tried to put Vaseline on it. <laughs> you know, I went to sleep, woke up, and there was like blood on the floor. I had to get an ambulance, and they had to give me stitches. It was crazy. <laughs> and I swear, I didn't even start getting any until Gilbert left for a weekend. That first weekend, he left. I think I lost. It, my it became a trend. Yeah. Well, you said and, you said you lost your virginity the weekend your roommate left. Mm-hmm. John had became a trend whenever Gilbert left. John magically got some almost <laughs> within the same hours. It's like, so crazy. Like, hop on the bus. John's. <laughs> <laughs> At one point, the, oh, the, um, there was a certain very beautiful chocolate young lady that came. I remember her. To uh, visit me. She would not wait for that dude to leave. He was supposed to leave. He was supposed to leave that night, but he had to leave the next morning. Uh-huh. It was going on while he was there. <laughs> he was kissing, he was making out, and then uh, I was just like, screw it. She was just like, screw it. I was trying to be nice. And then she said, screw it. Is it is it impolite to get it in while no. someone else is in the same room as you? Nope. <sighs> nope. Hell no. I mean, that's the asshole way to say it. But the right, the, uh, okay. it you, is impolite. You got to do what you got to do. But at the same time, it's also impolite for you to be in your room 24-7 <laughs> with a, you know, and you know you got a roommate who probably gets more than you would ever see. And it, uh, I don't you know. really don't like Gilbert, huh? <laughs> Yo, th- listen. Gilbert, it, no, Gilbert would bring back food. Like I've watched Gilbert go to the uh, the commons, yeah, get his whole like day worth of food, and come back to the room and, and not eat. and not move. Maybe take a pee once in a while, but like he wasn't going more than five feet from that room. I don't know what Harford. I don't know why they did that to me. <laughs> um, just imagine how much putang I would have got. If he, I had a different roommate or no roommate. Wait, hold on. I did tell you. I tell you how like that year we all left. Um, I got assigned a room with you and Lloyd over in um, the upper class building. Really? I remember Lloyd. Maybe Lloyd knows, but yeah, we got assigned all three, all three together. How did who? who what RAs did we know that they they would hook us up like that? We, me and Lloyd, put in for it. Oh, oh yeah, that's true. And then um, yeah, we, so we got, we actually got approved for it. And that August of that of that of the following year, mm-hmm. so we would have actually got all all, that's all room together. That would have been dope. Wow, I can only imagine. Yeah, yeah. I I think uh, you know we've been good friends for a long time, but I've never like lived with you guys. I've never even lived uh, near you guys. So that would have been mm-hmm. that would have been pretty interesting. Been yeah. All right, so you know I think that's a pretty good introduction. I feel like uh, people know us very well. Um, I feel like they know Gilbert very well, even though he's not here. <laughs> Give us the truth, man. It's a goat. Um, but yeah, so, you know, when it comes to this podcast, I think we're going to have some free-flowing conversations. Um, we're going to be ourselves, but, you know, we're, we're going to talk about uh, a few themes, um, a lot of different topics, but we're going to focus on five main themes. So we're going to talk about uh, pop culture issues. We're going to talk about uh, relationships, like you heard. We're going to talk about masculinity. We're going to talk about uh, health. Um, and of course, we're, we got to talk about friendships because that's, uh, that's pretty important to us. Um, so for this first episode, we are planning to launch or release it around Thanksgiving. Uh, so I want to use the rest of our time specifically focusing on Thanksgiving. Um, Absolutely. I, think I don't like turkey. You don't like, oh my God, here we go. Here, here we go. I, I, turkey, you got to be the, you got to be Chef Ramsey to make me like turkey. It's dry. People don't make it good. It's not juicy like chicken. But you finish. I'm no, sorry. no, I want. I want to hear this. I want to. Yeah. I mean, chicken is chicken. That's that's different. But like yeah. turkey is an is an occasional meal. Yeah, mm-hmm. I eat turkey pretty often, actually. I mean, but a whole ass turkey. Yeah, yeah. you don't eat no the legs and the, the little whole turkey. You know the hole. You know the hole they put the stuff in. There. <laughs> you eat turkey holes. 
No, you put this hole there. Ladies, John eats the butt. Just so y'all know. I Basically, don't John, not John, John is a butt bowl. eater. Yo, no. You want your groceries taken down? No. <laughs> you want, I said, a licky licky? No, let me tell you something. John is your man. Well, he eats the booty. I do. <laughs> I got them, you got them the right. Okay. Slurpy, slurpy. But, ladies, if you want that box eating, just <laughs> 1-800- <laughs> I licked that box. <laughs> we just we just went from Thanksgiving to listen. I'm thankful for that box. Okay, you, you want to talk? You know when they go around the table, what are you thankful for? I'm thankful for that box. Okay, ladies. it brought us here. It, it, yes, ladies, you're beautiful. All right, so okay, so powerful. back to Thanksgiving. <laughs> no, 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 no the, thankful for women. No, I think that that's 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 interesting. So. What what are y'all thankful for? Just just in general, you know, like it's it's around Thanksgiving right. holidays. Okay. What what are you thankful for? If I'm getting to that mode, I'm gonna say, one, I'm thankful for. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, no, it's so much. It's so know. much. <laughs> All right, I'm 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 gonna start. You so start off here. Yeah. I'm I'm thankful for, you know, being almost thirty. Um, I'm in decent health. I've got really good friends. I've got really good family and people around me. I have a a a, a good job. I I love the people that I work with. I love the company that I work for. Um, I'm still trying to figure out life, but I feel like I'm in a really good place. So I'm thankful that you know all the hard work that I put in when I was younger has put me in a in a place to just be able to enjoy my life with my friends, with my family. So I'm thankful for that. Oh, definitely. Um. I'll try to follow up after that. Uh, I'm thankful for my family as well. Um, a great sister, mom, father, uh, amazing one-year-old, like I said before. Uh, ex-girlfriends as well, because they've helped me grow a lot and uh, different experiences. A close group of guy friends that I value to the the end of the earth and would do anything for. And uh, helped as well. Um, I'm big on health, as you guys know, mm-hmm. and I uh, like to keep keep up, keep up with myself and make sure I'm always healthy and moving forward. And um, just the experience that I have in life, I'm a very much a hour by hour kind of person. I don't mm-hmm. stress very often, and uh, I just like to live life as it comes to me. John, thankful for my good looks, and that's, that's about it. No, let me stop. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I'm I'm beyond, I'm thankful for. That I have great friends. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for the fact that God blessed me with being able to like attract great people. You know, I I, I seldomly come across you know people who like with bad energy or have bad intentions. It happens to everybody, but for me, you know, for me, it doesn't. I don't think it happens that much. Like I always say this: like I have like great friends who like want to succeed in life, and I feel like I have like almost I have this close group right here of friends I have like two close group of friends one from the military and then one from just my regular life um and all that all that good energy and all that good vibes it it helps me throughout my you know all my different trials and tribulations through life so I really am thankful for that and thankful for my family you know um yeah just I just Thankful to meet good people, except I mean, Gilbert. Except, yeah, Gilbert. <laughs> Gilbert man. kick rocks. Gilbert, I don't know where you're at right now, bro. But I hope you got some swag or something now. <laughs> Oof, that was rough. All right, but yeah, let's uh, let's talk about some Thanksgiving traditions, right? Like, what was Thanksgiving for y'all uh, like growing up? Because, like, I'll I'll say, uh, I mean, my family, we moved here from Nigeria, so. We we had to figure life out. We had to, you know, we we were struggling financially when we came here. Um, I'm one of six kids, and my mom had to support all of us. And as my siblings got older, they had to support us too. So we couldn't o- always afford the you know the the nicest things or like the the biggest turkeys. But my family did make sure that we we did have that experience of like sitting around you know with each other you know, sharing a meal and, like, just being there with each other. So what were some of y'all traditions like? Uh, for me, it was always just being with the family as a whole. Like, it's kind of the same thing. We don't always have the most money or whatever, but 
the fact that we were all hanging out and all in one under one roof at one at one point in time made it a made it an event. Uh, playing spades was huge. Oh, spades. Okay, mm. I don't know people play spades at Thanksgiving. Oh, we bust ass in spades. Oh, yeah. oh, okay, my favorite partner is my great grandmother. For every my my partner, she taught me how to play spades by busting my ass numerous times mm. and got me better. And then my older cousin uh, would also play, and we would just all play and pretty much and just dominoes as well. Dominoes and spades were the two big things, mm. and uh, play fighting. My family is mm. big on play fighting and wrestling. Wow, as you, you guys could not tell, because I play yeah. fight with you guys all the time. Oh, gosh, annoying. Yeah, my 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 family play fights. Everybody, grandmother, grandfather, everybody play fights and wow. gets in on it. Yeah, so it's a good time. And Sounds like fun, actually. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good time. Like my ninety two year old grandmother still to this day punches me in the mouth. So mm. I have a great time. <laughs> <laughs> that's an interesting tradition. But that's dope. That's dope. That's dope. For me, um, I guess I would say. I had like um this the same you know experience i um you know thank God my parents uh decided to you know the jobs they picked were uh very good jobs um they worked for the city and the state um so they had uh I was a little more blessed when I was younger um so we had like our tradition was you know everybody comes to the house. Mom, you know, works me like a slave, set up the, the you know, the sternos and the pans while she's cooking, and, you know, I'm setting everything, something um setting up the table, cleaning the bathroom, vacuuming the floor, I gotta clean my room, my brother had to clean his room. So these um, are traditions or this is normal day to day. No, this is well for John only cleaned during Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm just, kill me. No. No, this was like the this was like the guests are coming clean. There was like a regular chores and then the guests are coming. We gotta clean everything sparkly, you know, like dusting, all that stuff. And then making my mom would make sure that, you know, all right, go find a decent outfit to wear. You don't be looking like no no thug in the house, whatever, you know, go put on some good clothes and you know, after that, people start strolling in, one, two o'clock, all different types of family, cousins, aunts, uncles, everybody come in. It would just be like a, it's, it was very like homey, warm Thanksgiving vibe. Like we had the food, all the food was there. My mom's a great cook. Mm. My dad was a good cook. You know, they would like kind of split up what they would cook. My dad was good with like, I think my dad did the turkey most of the time. Um... I think he did the ham. My mom did like the macaroni and cheese. Um, her fried rice. chicken is amazing. I, 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 yeah. I want to say that, but oh I was trying God. to take fried chicken. Yeah, oh and spaghetti. Chicken. Yeah, the spaghetti. That spaghetti was my. Yeah. That was oof. It, it, and that was also a blessing. My, my my mom and my dad were both like good cooks. You know how sometimes some people the mom does most of cooking. And they dad. cook mm-hmm. a lot too. They cook yeah. some some good portions. Mm-hmm. So that was that was always good. Um, yeah, it was just a really family, and we was all standing around. Um. My brother, he's a he's a preacher. Um, he's a pastor now. He's the you know he got ordained um, not too long ago. But he's been doing that since he was like a kid. Mm-hmm. So like you know we all be, we go to church every Sunday stuff like that. So like we, you know do the big circle. Everybody says with it thanks before, and sometimes you know my brother would do the prayer over the food before we would eat. Um, so yeah, that's that was my Thanksgiving tradition. Um, it's actually, I think it's interesting you mentioned that both your mom and your dad cooked because I don't know about y'all, but I don't think that that's something that's very common. It's, Cause it's not. I, yeah, I would imagine Thanksgiving, like while the cooking is going on. The men are asleep. The, or the men are asleep or watching some, yeah. sports, watching uh, the NFL before the whole Colin Kaepernick thing or watching mm-hmm. basketball yeah. or whatever it is. So I think it's really interesting that like your uh, that your dad also you know took part because it's like mm-hmm. i think about i'm like what are men's roles uh because thanksgiving is centered around food and around family yeah so like what is a man's role uh during thanksgiving it's definitely family by family based like my dad you know he's just different type of guy you know the you know the way he grew up and everything he learned how to cook he learned how to sew my mom don't know how to sew my dad knew how to sew you know there's mm-hmm. stuff that you know there's stuff that my dad a lot of stuff my dad knew how to do so like that was just him, you know. He just would. T- he wouldn't. I mean, my mom would end up cooking more of the food, mm-hmm. but he definitely took part, you know. Whereas other families, dad doesn't do anything, or right. other than like you know maybe help clean the house, mm-hmm. you know. So, 
he definitely took part. And then after he did his part, he would go watch his sports or whatever. So, um, yeah, yeah no, but I feel like my dad did nothing. Yeah, <laughs> this, this, my, this, my, this. My, my, my dad slept up until that food was on his plate, mm-hmm. and then eat and, and then, then sleep back again. Back to sleep. <laughs> yep, back to sleep. Uh, for me though, I've always been had to be a part of it since I was in a single parent home. So I had to help my mom do stuff to get ready for the parties or get ready for the the gathering. So I always helped with making some kind of food. So now with my son, I, I have him help me make food. Mm-hmm. So he understands that like. It's not a woman's job. It's it, everyone's job to provide and to do things and to put and to set the house how you want it. Mm-hmm. So I make him help me make macaroni and cheese. I help have him help me make his own chicken. Mm-hmm. So he understands like it's not for your mother just to do. It's for you to help your mom do that. I yeah. wish you had a soundboard. You could just put the cheering. Woo! That was like one of the moments. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, shut the hell up. <laughs> get the brownie points for that. No, but yeah, speaking I'll, of, we ladies, made, we made brownie, single. We made yesterday. Yesterday, we made brownie yesterday, and uh, mm-hmm. he enjoyed the hell out of that. So. Yeah, and oh, you made brownies? I, yeah. Oh, dope. Yeah. I, I was going to say, because, um, you know, I definitely grew up around the kitchen, and I would um, I would always help out to cook, but even if it was just to do the dishes or watch watch my mom cook, yeah. um, that was that was great. My mom was an amazing cook. and Yeah, but you make some good eggs. I'm not going to lie. I do? Yeah. Oh, yeah. My my omelets are amazing. Omelets is dope. Omelets, yes. Yo, eggs yeah. a little runny sometimes. <laughs> my nah, taste. It, like my it. taste. Oh, yeah. I omelets over on point. But, <laughs> but no, no I, will, I will say that's the thing about, I think, when families and, like, mothers make sure that their son is involved in the kitchen and cooking. Like, not only will you step up and do your part in the future, but you'll also, like, take more of an appreciation. And I know, like, a lot of adults, a lot of millennials nowadays, we don't even cook. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I I know for me because I I'm a little busy with work I travel I don't cook a lot and I end up spending spending so much money on ordering food but when I do cook I save a lot of money and you know I I get to you know try new recipes or try some yeah of my I think recipes. I think we should definitely millennials should explore cooking for themselves more I think um honestly I'm I'm like I think millennial women still do I mean. Let me not say that, because a lot of the females who they do still cook for themselves, but then some of them like they don't cook at all. They the same way they'll order food. Mm-hmm. It's like it depends. I think people in general should be more based on that. Like back in the day, kind of kind of mindset in a way where, for example, like for me, with me raising my son now, I see I see more. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like how we were raised versus how others are raised. Like yeah. how you know the kids now are raised basically. Where technology is a big thing for them, and mm-hmm. cooking is not so much a thing. Mm-hmm. I make sure my my son d- is not on the phone as much, unless he's talking to me or his mother, mm-hmm. or he's outside playing constantly. He's learning how to cook. He's learning like how to clean after himself. Like you don't need to pay anybody to do things that you can do for yourself. So those things yeah. I I want to instill in him now early on, prior to him getting older and like being set in ways where he's dependent on finding out information through a phone. Mm-hmm. That's crazy to me. Like go outside learn what a duck is you see him face to face you know what i mean like learn nature (laughs) learn how to like be around these things learn how to be involved in social in in the social world and learn how to be face to face social yeah and and not so stuck on your phone and and when you're once out in the world be socially awkward and unknowing how to handle handle things i think kids now personally for lack of a better word are soft (laughs) i think a lot of times they don't know how to handle pressure they don't know how to handle stress and because everything could be handled through a text message exactly like. or, or you're faceless behind a par- a profile on Instagram mm-hmm. and you can talk crazy all you want mm-hmm. but then you have no real consequences once someone's in your face and that's interesting because like now with like how, how with Thanksgiving how, you know you know technology impacts Thanksgiving like imagine yeah. like back in the you know back in the day Thanksgiving phones not advanced everybody engaged with each other they play space stuff like that exactly you know, wonder how Thanksgiving is now like most everybody's doing this on the phone you know you're, you're not the whole as, house you're not as connected yeah. You're, you're, you're into your phone, you're looking up things, you're on Instagram. The most connection people have nowadays, I feel like, especially at Thanksgiving, is, hey, mom, look at this, look at this meme real quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Everyone laughs for a quick quick second and then went back to the phone again doing the exact same thing beforehand. Mm-hmm. You lose that connection, you lose that, like, you lose all sense of love or happiness of being together mm-hmm. and, and the sense of a, of a phone. But I, I think, you know, technology's not going anywhere. Phones aren't Absolutely going not. anywhere. Uh Instagram isn't going anywhere. Well, Instagram could go away, but like the the whole social media can connect connectivity, and like if the other three hundred and sixty four days out of the year or whatever we are on our phones all the time, 
it's it's difficult for me to just say I'm just gonna put my phone away for five or six hours, even though like I miss my family members or like you know we're traveling from different cities to come see each other. I still feel like I want to keep my phone near me because um, I like knowing like what's going on in the world. I like knowing what what like my friends that I'm connected with are up to. Um, I, I like knowing like who just posted a selfie and I want to like it, you know. So I, I can't really let go of that. I think it's a mindset though. And I say that only because of all things to be taught by, I was taught by a one-year-old two days ago where he took my phone from me and put it down somewhere else and was like, this is me and your time. Mm. And that, that, that showed me like, where my priorities lie at. Mm-hmm. And it was like, you know what? You're absolutely right. So now it's like, I make sure to set, set aside two, three hours. Phone got to be somewhere else where I can't even see it or remember it's there. Mm-hmm. And it's just me and his time to hang out, do what he needs to do. And when he's not around me now, I still make the time to like have myself, my me time mm-hmm. off my phone and just engage with my surroundings pretty much. So these are all mindset. And for, for uh, one year old to teach me that was huge. Because he doesn't know much else, but he knows that this phone is taking up me and me and his time, mm-hmm. and he knew enough to like take it from me, and mm-hmm. was like, "That's over here now. This is like us. This is us, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what's the most annoying thing too? Like with this all this technology now is like during these holidays, I feel like I have to just text everybody, "Merry Christmas, Happy Thanksgiving." Oh yeah, I hate that. <laughs> you know, I'm like sometimes you know you see, you hit somebody up like Happy Turkey Day or whatever. I'm like I'm, I some I sometimes just don't want to do it. I'm just like it feels forced. It's just my family. I just want to do it with my family. You know, but then you know you seem like an asshole if you don't send everybody a, you know Happy Turkey Day text or whatever. But like, John, you like leaving people on red all the time. <laughs> that is very true. <laughs> I'll leave people on red. We talk about. Um, I'll do that. You send re- read receipts, bro. You serious? I'm about to, I'm about to disable that <laughs> shit. I'm disabling. We, we got receipts. Seats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, but that's always annoying. I don't know. No, I, I agree with that because it feels like an obligation more than like I want yeah, to say something. Like, obviously, you guys know if like you guys outside of you guys, mm-hmm. I don't mind. I, I don't mind here and there, but personally, I don't give a damn. Yeah, I mean, me like, exactly. Enjoy your day. I'll enjoy my day. I'll talk to you next day. Like, I, I don't see it. Time, exactly. But that's just me. Mm-hmm. All right. So my my last question about Thanksgiving that I have is about relationships. Ooh. Um. When's the right time to invite a significant other to Thanksgiving? Like, do you have to be dating for a really long time? What if you met someone and you just really like that person? Is like, when do you when do you invite them over? Personally, for me, um, time. I think time is relative. Time is relative. No, um, <laughs> time is an illusion. Time is an illusion. For me, I don't. I I like to nowadays. I like to go off vibes. I don't think. Um, I mean, yeah, like like you don't introduce somebody. You know, if let's say you dated her a week before Thanksgiving, and you want to bring her Thanksgiving. You know, a week. I, I think that's too soon. But like, for me, it's all about like how you guys vibe with each other. You know, what I'm saying like for me, it's more about when you're dating this person, like. You could you could tell you know pretty early on if you feel like they're like, you know you could bring them around your family. You know what I'm saying? You know you date you dating getting to know somebody, you know you learning about them and you could see, and you know who your parents want you like not who they want you to be with, but you know who like, you know who you could bring home. Who would m- mesh well with your family? Yeah, which if, exactly you gotta you know. So I think in that sense, like, yeah, you got to give it some, some time to know if they're going to mess well with the family, you know what I'm saying? So then if, if, like, if you're talking to someone and you're vibing and you're getting mm-hmm. along and then Thanksgiving comes around, but you're like, I really can't invite you to Thanksgiving, does that mean that you, it's not meant to be? It may mean it's no, not meant I mean, to be, but I think at that point it kind of shows you that there are some reservations about that individual. Bring like, if you have that vibe, like as John said earlier, if you have that vibe, there shouldn't be that hesitation to kind of be like, hey, come mm-hmm. through to this. It should be almost natural. Yeah. But as soon as you kind of like pull back and be like, nah, move, move too fast, it could be a reservation with the girl, man, or whoever you're dating, or it could be a reservation with yourself. Because it could be just be, you know, having a fear of commitment or a fear of putting yourself out there too much and bringing them around the family too fast. Mm. So it could be a, a litany of things. Yeah, I think uh, I'm, I'm glad you said girl or man, because what I was thinking about, um, I watched this show a while back on uh, Netflix called Master of None. Uh, and it's like the Aziz Ansari show. And it's actually the show that blew up Lena Waithe's career. If y'all don't know Lena Waithe, uh, she's a super, super dope um, 
actress, writer, producer. She does it all. Um, her the latest show that she has is called The Shy on on Showtime. It's a really really good show. Um, but basically, she had this this. Uh, episode called Thanksgiving that that she directed and starred in and if you if you guys haven't seen Lena Waithe uh she's a very out uh woman she's out of the closet mm-hmm. um so in the Thanksgiving episode she struggles like over the years she sort of like figures out her sexuality and she knows that she likes girls um her mom uh, her, the the uh, actress who plays her mother um sort of expects her to come home with with the boy so even for for people who are you know in the LGBT community, Thanksgiving can mean something completely different for for mm-hmm. them because maybe they want to bring that person over, but maybe the the parents don't want to accept their sexuality, so they don't even have a choice, you know. So it, it, it's kind of it's it's interesting for the people who are in those communities and who have to deal with those complex dynamics. And also, it comes race too, because like my mom, all the things she says is like, "Don't bring on no white girl." And it's like, I mean, just naturally I'm attracted to my beautiful black queens. So that's not going to be a problem. But like for the person who is attracted to Caucasian women and they're in a house like that, cause I'm not the only one. There's a lot of, mm-hmm. you know, that's also a challenge. Like you, you, you vibe, you in love with this girl, but she's white and, you know, your family wants you to date somebody black. You know, that's another challenge. You know, how to. I don't know, you know. I've I've heard like stories, but like I just think that's interesting because it's not, you know, it could be that or like when you know, it, you know, Asian, you know, dates somebody like you know, black or Indian or that's not Asian, you know. I, you know, it's that's always so interesting. Inter, inter, dating around yeah, the holidays, yeah, and then yeah. I guess I guess I could home. speak to that probably, obviously. Um, I've never had that problem though, personally. Um, not because my mother or father or anything like that, but my aunt was actually the first person to tell me when I was eight not to care about who, uh, who the color of skin that I date, basically. And whoever mm-hmm. I feel I vibe with the most is who I should date. So I should never care about that. And she told me whoever, like, almost the like exact words were, if anyone gives you a problem with it, let me know so I'll punch them in the fucking mouth. Mm-hmm. Those exact Damn. words. And I live by it. So as you guys have seen, like I date whoever crosses my path where I feel meshes mm-hmm. well with me personally as an individual on a different kind of level where I can wake up to you, talk to you about anything and everything. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to holiday stuff I've never feared bringing him bringing home anybody because they understand that like it's not about the race of who I'm bringing back it's about the person behind all of that mm-hmm. so that's dope anyone that I've brought home has always been they, they, look, they look past who, you know their culture for the most part they, mm-hmm. they, they also want to know like about the culture of course because they mm-hmm. want to learn more but they look more towards like why am I dating this person like they want to learn about the person as, a, as an individual mm-hmm. like y'all know my girlfriend Vincenza Hi, <laughs> um, she's a great she's a great woman. So mm-hmm. like people like her, they they love and they want to bring around more of, and that's the people that they see me with and enjoy me being around. So and you're just for for everyone who's listening, your ex that you're talking about, she is Italian. She's Italian. She's white. Yep. And you felt comfortable bring bringing her home to your family. Yep. Did she feel comfortable bringing you home to her family? Yeah. That's super dope. Like. Uh, I think our first time, my first time out there in Buffalo, um, her mom actually invited the entire family over. Mm-hmm. I thought it was going to be like, you know, immediate family. It was cousins, aunts, uncles, grandparents. It was everybody at one time. Wow. And uh, I was nervous, of course, being the one black person in this whole damn city for the moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, I was welcome with open arms. Like, as soon as they walked in, they gave me hugs, kisses on the cheeks, the whole, the whole nine. And... Not one time they come about race. It was more of just about like learning who I was as a person, mm-hmm. and I fell in love with the family as a whole. So I still visit now. I still talk to the family apart from her nowadays, just kind of like because they made me feel so great about myself and like mm-hmm. validated more so that like I was able to be accepted elsewhere as a black man as opposed to just being like a black man. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like mm-hmm. that's super dope, and that doesn't always happen. It doesn't. Yeah, and I, I think my family is is similar. You know, they they want to make sure that the person that I'm seeing uh, comes from a, a a good background. But by what I mean by a good background is like, is a person like kind? Is a person compassionate? Is a person patient? You know, um, I don't I don't think that they ever really cared about the 
race or background uh, of the person that I dated. You know, because I'm Nigerian, I think, um, I don't know for a fact, but I think that my family would probably vibe better if the woman is also Nigerian because there are just, there's just some cultural things that if I dated a non-black woman or a non-Nigerian woman, that the woman just won't have. Um, like our, our native language, for instance, you know, if the if the woman I'm dating spoke the same language, um, wow, like, that would be great because yeah. you know she could feel comfortable just calling up my mom and speaking in English and Igbo and kind of going back and forth. But you know, my mom obviously speaks fluent English, but just having that uh, connection, yeah, that connection of like my dual identity, um, that would probably be better. Yeah, I always think with the bringing, I feel like you know, like when you could bring the person around your family like it's like I don't think it's something that you could time or it's something you just know like when I, one of my exes I had y'all know who she is mm-hmm. be- beautiful black queen like when I was dating her <laughs> when I was dating her I just you know everything just felt so good with her like I just knew like don't laugh we laughing at <laughs> it's my be- beautiful black queen hey, God, man. African but, queen African queen at that yes from Gambia but uh, um, shoot your shot bro <laughs> nah, but yeah, it's like I just knew like she was like everything I I I liked everything about her and I knew my family would like her like it was just like I just felt it was right and like I was proud to have her, you know what I'm saying? And I didn't feel I need to hide anything like I don't really indulge all my love life with my my mom, you know, and all my family. So like but with her I felt like it just felt right. So I did it. She she came to, you know, one of my Thanksgiving things, whatever. My family met her. And I see, you know, my still my mom still asks about her to this day. It's been like five years at least. Maybe six. I, uh, so I, I, no, that's, that's, I, I, I agree with you. I think it's all about timing and just a feeling. Yeah. I don't think I like I don't I don't think time is synonymous with anything personally. I think like mm-hmm. like for example in college, like dating college goes by a lot faster than dating outside of college. You're living, dating with a person. Like, your outside of college dating life is like, I'll, I'll date nights, you know, a couple times a week here and there, whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. College, you're there with them day to day. day. There is no, I'll see you tomorrow. So, like, yeah. I am time today. Mm-hmm. You can stay over and you can have that, those moments. So, things go by faster. And that's why I relate things to life where it's just like, if I feel a certain way at a certain moment, I'm going to go with it and I'm going to rock with it and see how far it takes me. Mm-hmm. As opposed to, it's not enough time yet. Like we'll see what happens later in the future. Like you don't know what happens tomorrow. So yeah. I agree with that hundred percent. Yeah, but honestly, if you had, if I had to put a time on when to, like, how long you should be dating somebody before you do that, I say, in an adult life, I say at least six months, of getting to know somebody. Mm-hmm. You know, like I think that's like a good like standard time. That's enough time where, you know, even if y'all are busy, you know, six months of talking, you know, you're going to know the person, you know, at a good enough level. And you're going to have, that's a good enough amount of time to get that vibe, whether or not you feel that, you know, you could introduce them, some of your family, you know, and stuff like that. I think six months. Yeah. And I mean, this is a a pretty dope conversation because it's, it's taught me that Thanksgiving is, it's more about the people, you know, the food is great. The food is important, but you know you can like turkey, you can not. But it's really about the people that you're spending it with, and the moments that you're creating, the time that you're sharing, um, and and just making sure that those experiences are with the people that you know that you care about and that you want to keep in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think on this note, we're gonna wrap up the first episode of the Breath Myth Podcast. Uh, thank you guys for listening. And uh, we okay. will. <laughs> and yeah, thank you for listening. And uh, I hope y'all listen to the next episode coming up. Yeah, a lot more to come. <laughs>